You are listening to National Geographic World Talk. I'm Patty Kim. To say that my next guest enjoys pushing himself physically would be an extreme understatement. Sean Birch has been called everything from a fitness dictator to insanely fit. And the fact is, he loves to challenge himself in ways that are simply unimaginable to most of us. The 35-year-old Oakton, Virginia athlete is an advocate of what he calls hyper-fitness. And oh yes, Sean seems to be in perpetual motion, whether he's leading one of his regular 5.30 a.m. hyper-fitness classes or setting a world record in the North Pole Marathon while running in snowshoes. In 2005, Sean didn't simply climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh no, he ran up the nearly 20,000-foot mountain in a record-breaking five hours and 28 minutes. These days, he's attempting to set new climbing records in a remote part of the Tibetan Plateau. And he joins me via satellite phone from an altitude of 15,000 feet. Sean, thanks for checking in with us half a world away. (laughs) Good to be here. Thanks. You've been called one of the best high-altitude mountaineers in the world. So we never know which mountain you're hanging off of, you know, what remote corner of the planet you're in doing some punishing ascent. Where exactly are you right this moment, and what are you seeing right now? Well, right now I'm in a, in a valley, so there's a bunch of, of mountains around me. So what I'm, I'm doing today is I'll go out for a couple of days and just climb these unclimbed peaks, which are, are, uh, which are called first ascents, peaks that have never been climbed before. So I'll go out there for maybe probably about two or three days, and I have an interpreter and a cook down at a base camp that I've established here in the valley. And then so after about two or three days, I'll come back and, and rehydrate, and then if uh, if I want to, I'll move to a different region and a different valley and then climb some other uh, unclimbed peaks. Tell me about the valley you're in. Set the scene for us so we can get a visual picture in our minds of, of what you're actually looking out onto. Well, the very jagged jagged peaks... That uh, that it's it's weird you know there's there's some different technical aspects to the mountains there's heavy snow in some of the mountains there's very steep ice there's a lot of rock so you really don't know what to expect I mean uh, the other day I had to turn around literally a hundred feet from the summit just because the avalanche potential was was incredible and I just didn't feel like taking of course the chance so you never know with an unclimbed peak what you're going to to come across because no one's ever been there before, and that's kind of like the, the fun of it all. It's not a there's no happy you know yellow brick road to the summit. It's it's you never know what to expect, and and that's the the glory of of doing unclimbed peaks in, in Tibet, especially in this area, because all you really have are are, are nomads and uh, and and around the area, and it's 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 incredible. It's it's, it's absolutely beautiful. You're you're in the Shangri La. Um, what are you what are you what are you trying to do there, Sean? What what brings you all the way to Tibet? Well, two things. I'm I'm trying to actually do. I'm trying to climb 50 peaks, unclimbed peaks in 25 days. Um, and at the same time, while I'm doing this, I also uh, learn about the Tibetan uh, culture. So there's a dual purpose for what you're doing out there, but l- let's talk about the climb first. Did you say you're trying to attempt to climb 50 mountains in the space of 25 days? 50 mountains that have never been climbed before? Is that right? Yeah, 50. That's, that's correct. 50 mountains in 25 days. Every day I go out for at least 12 to 14 hours. Uh, I've been doing that for the past five days, just getting myself prepared, doing day, day climbs. And today is actually the start of where I'll go out for days on end, doing multiple peaks back to back to back to back before I even come back to base camp. And how is it all going so far? Have you so you haven't actually started to climb yet? 
No, I have been climbing. I've climbed seven peaks right now in uh, five days. So I've got, I've got my work cut out for me, but uh, I'm, I'm fairly confident once I... I've, I've been really in condition, conditioning myself the past five days, kind of just getting my body warmed up for these kind of what I call ultra-marathon uh, mountain fests here, where I just go out for, for 18 hours every day for about, you know, three or four days at a time, and then just keep climbing and keep climbing. But, but you know, I, I enjoy that. It, it's kind of pushing pushing yourself in in uh, in, in Shangri-La, as you Sean, said. Sean, I've never heard of anything like this. This is astonishing. I mean... You're talking about mountains that have never been climbed before, so this is uncharted territory. The path up to the mm-hmm. top is certainly less carved and less defined than the, the one up to the top of Everest. So how dangerous is this for you? Well, it can become very, very dangerous, actually. That's why, um, as I discussed before, I had to turn around literally two days ago, 100 feet from the summit because of the avalanche potential. So, And you just don't know what you're going to come across. But that, again, that's that's the challenge, and and that's why it hasn't been done before, and that's the whole point. That's why I'm that's why I'm here. Uh, I don't want to. I've done Everest. I've done the things that you know. I've done the trail to the summit, and it's like you know what? I need I need to get out there and do things that no one's ever done before, and uh, and see what and see what happens. So, what are conditions like out there for you, Sean? How's the weather been holding up for you? Uh, it's been very very cold. Uh, and it was clear for a couple of days, but I, surprisingly, there's been a lot of snow. So it's it's actually been really strange because a lot of the nomads have been have been warning me about Dremo, which is actually wild bear and uh, also wild dog. They've been coming down from the valley because of the heavy snowfall, and they said, you know, watch out because they're they're carnivores and they'll they'll attack you. And I'm like, you know, this is kind of definitely an unexpected obstacle. When I want to climb mountains, is I got to worry about Dremo and wild dogs attacking me. So it's it's totally wild. <laughs> unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. Well, after that, it's kind of silly to ask, but what what would you say has been the toughest challenge so far? Is it the snow or the Dremo? <laughs> I you know I think watching out for the Dremo, but but definitely the definitely the snow uh, has been real tough, and the high winds up high have been real tough. But uh, you know, you just gotta keep plodding away, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to do. You know, keep the goal in mind and keep that set, and uh, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, you make it all sound so reasonable when you're out there. You're like, okay, I'm going to do this because I've never done this before. But, but why are you doing this? I mean, what's sort of the deeper meaning here for you personally? Well, it's. It's it's the fact that no one's ever done it before. But I always love challenging myself. I mean, that's I, I write a book called Hyper Fitness that's coming out next year, and that's the whole book is based on living out your goals and dreams of life, and that's what I'm doing. Like a moth to the flame, you you are always drawn to the challenge. You've accomplished some pretty amazing goals in the past. You've set solo records on Everest in the North Pole and Mount Kilimanjaro. That That's the one that kills me. You ran up Mount Kilimanjaro in under five and a half hours. Yeah. I'm just wondering, how is this expedition turning out to be different from those? Well, they're always different, and that's the whole point of, of my expeditions. I want them to be totally different from the other one. I mean, that's the experience of life and your goals and dreams. Each one to be totally different, and that's what this one is, too. Totally different from, from Kilimanjaro. Totally different from running a marathon at the North Pole. Totally different from doing solo at Mount Everest, and that's the beauty of it.
So you've so far climbed seven peaks in five days. Yeah. That means you've spent like 18-hour days climbing, basically. What kind of toll is this taking on you mentally, and, and how do you keep it all together? Yeah, it's really weird, because every day I come back, I'm like, okay, tomorrow I'll, I'll just take a rest day, and then, I'll get, and then I'll get ready. But every morning I wake up, and I cannot wait to start climbing. I love it. And and what kind of mountains are we talking about here? Can you give me a, a sense of how tall they are and how uh, rugged? Yeah, they're they're uh, anywhere from f- about fifteen five to about nineteen thousand feet is is the range that I'm dealing with here. Those aren't anything. Th- those are pretty big mountains. I mean, that's that's. That's no small hill there, 19,000 feet. Are, are you dealing with oxygen problems or issues now? No, fortunately, I've been very, I, I, I tend to uh, excel at altitude. I, I love the altitude. So the higher I go, the more I like it. I go slower, of course, but I love being at a high altitude. When things do get tough, though, Sean, and you're on, you know, on the side of a mountain, you're almost up to the top. But wh- what do you say to yourself to keep going? I, I I have mantras, you know, never quit, and and you know I keep the goal in mind always. But yeah, I get that a lot. Every, every almost every big every big mountain I climb, it's always you always want to say, why am I doing this? Why would I just turn around and go and go back to my warm tent and and you know and have a hot chocolate? But you got to say, hey, you know, I want to have a goal, and uh, I'm not going to stop until it's reached. And that's the way I feel right now. It's like I have a goal of 50 mountains in 25 days, and I will not stop until until hopefully it's completed. And you're listening to National Geographic World Talk. I'm Patty Kim, speaking with hyper-fitness expert Sean Birch via satellite phone from the Tibetan Plateau. Your discipline and your, your, your will, your sheer will to succeed is, is amazing and inspiring, and it frightens me to death, quite frankly. <laughs> I don't, one thing I don't understand, though, Sean, and maybe you can help uh, explain this, is if these mountains have never been climbed before, how do you know where to even start? No, that's, that's another thing you got to do. You have to ch- I, I spent a lot of time uh, checking out the uh, the valleys. I was up for the fir- first three days of the expedition, going up and down uh, the different valleys, looking at different peaks to see which ones were were comparable, which ones I, I think that that would be would look good to climb. So I just don't just don't run into a valley and say, okay, let's just go. Uh, I first check it out and 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 check out the different mountain ranges, and then say, okay, this one looks best, and then and then okay, I'll, I'll do this mountain range next. So it definitely takes some planning. Are you using maps at all? No, there, well, there's, there's, I have a map, but it's, it's really not, it's not really, you know, it's, <laughs> it kind of goes over the area, but, but not too, not too clear. So it's no, it's not, no, not really maps. It's mostly I'm using my, I'm using my GPS for everything. And in, in case of emergency, how could you sort of reach the, the rest of the world and let them know you're in trouble? But you really can't. I mean, my interpreter doesn't even, has never even hiked in snow. Uh, I thought he, he had that experience, but he's like, no, I like warm weather. So he stays in base camp, and he's always trying to actually, trying to uh, encourage me to go to very warm areas. So if, if I get into trouble, I, I actually had, to, I told him, you know, if, if you don't hear from me in a couple of days, you know, get some nomads, get some yaks, and start looking for me. So, you know, fortunately that hasn't happened yet. 
You're kidding me. No, get no, some no. nomads and get some yaks. And you've got an interpreter who's never climbed in snow. No. He'd rather have you like uh, go, tr- you know, go trundling through the Everglades in Florida than than be where you are. Absolutely. I, I, when you told me that, I was quite, I was actually quite surprised when I was like, "You've never even been in snow." He's like, "No, I don't." Like he was actually, I spent the last uh, ten years in India going to school. That's why he he can speak English so well. So I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, great, but but he he is, he hates the snow. He hates he hates the cold weather. So you're doing these ascents solo. Isn't this going against the cardinal rule of mountaineering? Don't ever go up alone. No, not necessarily. There's a lot of mountaineers that go out solo. There's a lot of rock climbers that do things solo. And, and I think it's just you know it's just personal preference. I prefer to go solo because I I go at a speed that I don't have to wait for people. Uh, I like the challenge of going solo. I I, I mean I love it. So if you're trying to climb these mountains solo, if you're climbing these mountains solo, how do yeah. we know that you're actually doing it? Who's there to witness it and, and prove it and say that you've done these things? How does well, that work? That's why, I have the G- that's why I have the GPS, because if you go to, like, Google, I mean, if you really wanted to, to check up on my records, you, can't, you can totally do that. That's why I have GPS readings on every single mountain I climb. That's the only way to do it these days on something such as far out as this is you have to have the GPS with you. So if they say, well, you can do it, I think, well, you know what? Check that GPS reading. Check the altitude reading, and you'll find that, boom, the satellite images that, hey, you know what? That is a mountain, you know? You have been called a fitness dictator. I've seen you in your gym where you lead your quote-unquote hyper-fitness classes, and I have to say that's a very fitting title for you, Sean, and I know, I know that uh, uh, you mean it because you once threatened to get me on the treadmill. Yeah, that's that's actually a promise, Daddy. I'm still going to keep that promise. (laughs) I'm staying away from you. What did you do to prepare for this expedition? What was your daily fitness routine like? Uh, Well, I train every day, 365 days a year. So uh, it just I kind of just changed up a little bit for 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 this expedition. It was more long and steady workouts. For Kilimanjaro, it was like I did extra running, you know, for hours, you know, six or seven hours. That was the kill and draw one. Was I, I went way overboard training, but uh, you had to do that. With this one, it was just long, slow, and steady uh, training. You know, four or five hours every day. Uh, Sean, what what would you say has been the most rewarding or revealing moment that you've experienced so far? Well, I think mostly talking with the in, in rural Tibet, how how really hospitable these people are. They're just so warm. I mean. Every time, every chance we get a base camp, like the whole village just surrounds you, and they're just very interested in all my gear. You know, they're touching my snowshoes, my crampons, my ice axe. You know, and we're really it's this tough time because because they, they don't speak English, and of course I don't speak uh, their language. But you know, it's just it's 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 so it's so fascinating just to meet these people who've never even come across it. You know, a six foot four uh, tall redhead before, and and I, I, I it's just it's wonderful. <laughs> I hope I don't run into the six foot four tall redhead too soon myself. But um, Sean Birch, best of luck with the climbs. We will definitely be rooting for you, and I promise I'll let the fi- fitness dictator crack the whip when you get back. Oh, great! Thanks so much. It's great talking to you, Patty. And that was Sean Birch, one of the world's top extreme adventurers, and he joined us on the line from Tibet, where he's attempting to set a new world record in mountaineering, summiting 50 mountains in 25 days. And for more, you can always log on to seanbirch.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-U-R-C-H dot com.